Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders that are doing cool things and how they grow their revenue, how they grow their people, and how they grow themselves. Today, I'm joined by somebody totally brilliant. It is Joanne Bolt, and she is a real woman boss. Joanne, welcome to the program. Hey, Umar. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. You know, I love women for many reasons, and the main one is that they are usually smarter and more courageous than men, but the illusion is that we're the ones in control and we're the ones doing it. So talk to me about that. Is that a true statement or am I just delusional? No, you're not actually delusional at all. We are just as capable, if not more so than the men, but I think generations of it really started, I think, in the 1950s when the, the woman really played the part of the stay-at-home mom, hold down the fort. But there's this idealistic thought process that because if you're a stay-at-home mom, you don't bring in the finances of the house, that you're not as critical to everything. And so we sort of, I would say, spiraled from there as a culture and a community that women shouldn't be the CEOs and they shouldn't be the bosses because they are naturally the nurturers. But the truth is, Honestly, we hold down our, our jobs and our families and do all the grocery shopping and all the cooking. I mean, we're a lot more badass than half the men out there. So what's kind of interesting is, you know, one of the iconic movies has been The Godfather. And The Godfather had this, I'm going to screw up the pronunciation, the consigliere, who was the advisor to The Godfather that made him see reason and maybe think more strategically. And that typically is the job that a woman does in a relationship. So sometimes her man's career, it, part of the reason it's successful is because she's advising him to do the right thing. So sometimes that's not valued, but it's very true. Because I know when I was married, half the reason I was smart is because of her. <laughs> I think we just think and look at things differently. I think so. And it's an emotional world and we connect at the emotional level. And sometimes, you know, us guys are very much at the ugh, me man, that we <laughs> fail to realize the value of it. So one of the things I wanted to chat about is you see women in your travels and sometimes you see this woman and you kind of go, oh my God, she could be freaking amazing. But for some reason, she can't see it herself. So when you think of a specific person, change their name to protect the innocent. But tell me about a real story where you saw someone and you saw something in them, but they didn't see it in themselves and how you guided them to blossom and become who they were meant to be. One of the agents I work with all the time is probably the best example I can give you of this. She came out of the working world and her husband was still in the corporate world and they had their first child. And, you know, she went into real estate specifically because it had all the freedom of time and she could right. be the stay-at-home mom and still help support her family. And she joined a team immediately, which I'm a big proponent of joining teams. I, I truly do think you learn a lot as a real estate agent joining a team. She joined the team though, because she didn't perceive herself as 
business savvy enough and able to do this business on her own and have her child at home. So she thought she needed the support of the team. The truth is now she runs a team of 20 agents Nice. because I finally helped her see that you can still run the big teams. You can run your P&Ls. You can be the CEO and you can be mommy at the same time and nobody has to suffer for it. And when she finally busts through that in her brain, I mean, oh my God, what she's doing now is amazing. And this is, you know, global men, women. Uh, one of the things that interests me is even when we dream, our limitations dictate the dreams that we dream and the ferocity with which we dream them. And mm-hmm. we think we're dreaming big, but it isn't as big as it could be. So talk to me about where those limitations come from and how can we put a stake into their heart? You know, I think a lot of that limitations comes from what we ourselves are looking at and seeing. So for example, if you're in an office where most of the big teams are run by men, then you have a limitation that you can't run the big team. Or if your mom never worked when you were growing up, and and bless it, my mom didn't either. She was a stay-at-home mom with me. One of my limitations was I shouldn't be the big worker because I should be at home with my children because that's what I grew up with and that's what my mom did. So I think a lot of times we we don't bust out of the limitations because we don't look around and open our eyes to the possibility. You know, you can tell someone all day long, think bigger, there's no limits, but if you don't guide them in how to think bigger, then they they can only see what they've always seen. So I'm going to change the languaging around some of what you said. It's like, you know, I think we do look around, but our past changes our thinking and we don't even, it's in our periphery, but we just don't see it. Like the other day I was on the squash court and you're supposed to hit the ball before it bounces twice. And this ball hit near the front wall. I went there and I hit it. And my eyes told me I got the ball. But my brain told me, I think it bounced twice. But I had to ask (laughs) the other guy, how many times did that bounce? And he goes, that bounced twice. And it was really interesting that my eyes saw what they wanted to see. And then there was a part of me for a change that was observant, more in the, uh, the mind that went, I think you're cheating. <laughs> it's like, but it was a uh, it was astounding for me because I really believed it bounced once, and so we don't even catch ourselves when we mm-hmm. look at what's around us, what the opportunities are. We only see what we're programmed to see, and we were live participants in that programming. We didn't do it consciously, mm-hmm. but we were there. So tell me, Joanne, tell me about a limitation you had, opportunities you didn't see, and what was the epiphany that allowed you to open your eyes and see the world clearly. So I was at one brokerage for 15 years in my real estate career. And I thought, because what I saw around me was the way to be, you know, to have the finances that I wanted. I did enough business and I shouldn't be a solo agent. I should run a big team. And I thought that the only really path was to either be a team leader in an office, which I did not want to do, or have expansion teams throughout the country. And I would look around at people like Brian Buffini, you know, running these big corporations or Tom Ferry running these big corporations. And I never thought, oh, I could do that because I looked at them and did not perceive myself as good enough with enough experience, with enough knowledge, with enough business savvy to do that. And I finally walked out of that brokerage and into a different brokerage. And all of a sudden I looked around and agents at the, my new brokerage were doing stuff like that because nice. the opportunities weren't blocked from them inadvertently. And that opened my eyes to the fact that 
what I thought was the path I needed to be on because it's all I, I saw because I right. was very tunnel visioned in one area. When I went to a new location, the tunnel fell away and I saw all kinds of new opportunities. So I think, you know, for me, it was changing where I was because I felt stuck that opened my eyes. Brilliant. One of the things I find is, you know, I work with a lot of clients and my area of expertise is breakthrough. Like what's the limiting belief blocking? We resolve one issue in one month guaranteed. So if it's CEO with uh, micromanagement issues, within a month, that's going to go away and they'll just uh, accelerate their career. Or if it's lower self-esteem or whatever it is. One of the things is very much, you know, how when I have different clients coming in in a day, three clients from three different parts of the world, and they all have the same issue, I always go, huh, that's a sign from the universe. I've got the same issue myself. And when I look within, it's like, holy crap, I do have that. Uh, Do you ever see patterns like that as you're helping people that you get epiphanies about yourself? And could you tell us about one of those? We were helping someone and all of a sudden you realized, that's my issue as well, maybe in a different way, in a different level. Uh, Do you come across that or is that crazy talk? No, that's actually not crazy talk. I've never really thought about it that way, but I do find when I'm coaching agents a lot, I bring my own, you know, um, experiences into the coaching table with them. And so I I think we do talk about it a lot. You have that epiphany of, oh, wait, I recognize that you're doing this because I just realized that I do that too. And so, yeah, I think that happens way more often than we, than we give anyone credit for. So this is just for people uh, listening today. There are almost 8 billion people in the world. And you're probably wondering, why is there so many people? Here's why. That you cannot see yourself clearly, but you can see other people quite clearly. And so the next time you see someone that is amazing and handsome and charming, the only reason you recognize that is because you have those abilities yourself. So, but if you see someone who is a complete idiot, a moron, that's like frustrating as hell, ask yourself this question, what is the attribute that they have that drives me crazy. And I guarantee 100% you have it too. And the only reason that irritates you is because you have it. And if you heal it within yourself, you can go in their presence. They can still do the same thing, but you don't have that reaction. So look around at the gift God gave us, all these other people, and notice the ones we admire and why we admire them. And also notice the ones that drive us crazy and get a glimpse into our own soul. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a truth bomb right there. Excellent. So tell us one of the things you coach your people. So here we go. I'm going to ask you for people that are successful in real estate. Let's say they've been in real estate for six years. They're doing 40 transactions a year. They want to get to the next level. They've been struggling to do so. They start work. If that person came in, what are the five things you would get them to realize, hey, this is what you need to do? Because it's not about external stuff, I suspect. It's a lot about internal stuff for that person. Mm-hmm. So what are five things you'd recommend to a client coming in that they start paying attention to that would allow them to break through and start being fabulous? Number one, it you are not so unique that no one else can do what you're doing. It, nine times out of 10, agents need like three administrative assistants to get all the ish done during the day, but they won't give up the things that actually drag them down like checking their email and responding. Agents think that, well, only I can check the email because only I can respond. I haven't checked my email in like six months because my admins do it for me. When you give up the little things that you think only you can do and you train someone to do it the way you want it done and to 
think like you do and to speak in your cadence and you get rid of all that stuff, you can do 10 times the business because the only thing that someone can't replicate for you is actual time spent with your client, but all the other stuff someone else can do. So hold that thought for a minute. So dear viewers, dear listeners, like that's like solid gold advice. But what I want you to do is when you're asked to give up your email or asked to give up whatever, pay attention to what feelings come up. Oh, so much anxiety. Feelings are the ones that are protecting the inner belief that's causing you to hold on and egos in there somewhere. But when you get one of these things that pushes you, don't just go, well, Joanne's a nut. No one else can do this. I am fabulous. Or I'll give it a try. You can do that, but also pay attention to what came up because what came up, our journey is to go from where we are right now to where we need to be and where we need to be ultimately is to be our authentic selves, where we're the most powerful, the most passionate, the most driven, and the most where we're not trying, we're just being. And the Mm -hmm. way to get to it is everyday life when shit comes up that invokes a response in you that's kind of negative, pay attention to that because that's the clue to get to what's happening inside. So Joanne, thoughts on that? And then go to number two. What would be the second thing you'd share with someone looking to become uh, fabulous? Well, yeah, let's loop back around to what you just said. What I tell people is a lot of times they assume it can't be done correctly or it can't be done like they'd want it to, or they assume that the admin's going to take over their business or a buyer's agent is going to steal their business if they want to get a buyer's agent. And I always kind of flip that back on them that you assume that others are going to do something that secretly you would also do. So if you've got if you can let go of that mind block and just treat people like humans and understand the business is still going to be there no matter what happens, then then we can start moving forward in our business and then we can start doing more business. Brilliant. Before we go to number two, it just kind of reminded me I listened to this course on negotiations. And the guy said, if you're having this negotiation and then out of the blue, the other agent brings up the issue of trust. They don't trust. Red flag should go up all over the place because the only reason they're bringing it up because they're doing something uh, unethical potentially. So what's number two? Number one was freaking awesome. What's the second thing you would teach agents to become fabulous? Let go of the concept that you're doing this for you. Agents don't even understand that that's what they think. All their social media, you know, they're posting these fabulous things at the closing table, you know, just close and all these just listed. And when they, when you, when you look back at it all, it's really to promote you and to pat yourself in the back. Look at me. I'm doing so much business. I'm doing so great. And the truth is, if you can let that go and focus only on what's good for your client, then you don't even have to ask for referrals. You don't have to ask for the business. You do not need to pray the business will be consistent. It will because you started focusing on them and not on you inadvertently. So two things there. Number one, Joanne, you're nuts. Look, the reason I'm doing this thing is to, so people know they can trust me. It's it's not for my ego, Joanne. It's for them. And that is the illusion we have when we post stuff like that, just closed, just listed. Sometimes we're under the illusion we're adding value for the customer when the truth is what you said. Yeah. So what kind of posts would you recommend? So not that I just close this closing. What should I be posting that kind of focuses on my clients? I, I post the, uh, you know, honestly, we, ne- I never teach an agent to post just listed, just sold or happy closing day, or even quite frankly, testimonials. Right. What I do instead is maybe I will go to their house or catch up with them later. Maybe I'll take them out for a, a Coke coffee or a cocktail, which I'm infamous for in my area. And maybe I just post a snap of photo of us 
hanging out nice. after the closing or right before the closing and just tag them in it. And I don't need to say anything about, oh my gosh, it's been 30 days since closing. It's just me tagging them at a local restaurant and saying, had a great margarita with so-and-so and so-and-so. They're 10 times more likely to share that on their feed because it's not all about my business. If you were here, I would do this. High five. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing, dear listeners and viewers, you might want to do is just after someone's moved into the house, just capture a magic moment, like what this house means to them. Like the people that ended up buying my house, we're still in touch, you know, and they were just like uh, sharing how much they're loving it and what it means to them. And do you know what these evil people did? On the front yard, they changed the flower beds, which of course is their right to do. better. But it's like, oh my God, how could they do that? It's like, see that human ego comes up. And I think that's Mm -hmm. part of the battle is letting that ego go and just being. So what's number three? What would be the third piece of advice you give? Start listening to every audiobook and podcast that you can to get outside of your own brokerage. So you mean podcasts like uh, No Limit Selling? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things great leaders are always learning. And if you're just drinking your own Kool-Aid, it does you no good. If you're you listening you're to things- good, but you're not. And if you're listening to other people in your industry, that's great. But if you're listening to people in totally different industries- like the restaurant industry. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, we could use that in what we're doing here, what people are doing to connect with the customers in restaurants. Joanne, I'm going to tell you something, uh, what really turns me on. And you can close your ears and go la 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 la, but I I promise it's going to be okay. I want the juicy Uh, details. What really turns me on is when I learn something new and then I had something that I already knew and the two things combined to give me this epiphany into a brand new idea. That freaking turns me on. And the only way you get that is if you're learning from different areas and different vocations to bring something new into the mix. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's the same thoughts and the same ideas. So my husband and I will sit down after dinner quite often with a glass of wine and he has a, a, a thing of bourbon. He's in sales. I'm in sales, completely different industries. And a lot of times we will talk about the clients, what they think, how they feel, and how both of us reacted to them. Because I will learn more from what he does and he will learn more from what I do. And then we take that out into our world. It's the same concept. Sales are sales, scripts are scripts. It's how you deliver them, but you got to learn it from someone new all the time. And one of the nice things I suspect is when you're... uh asking your husband about the thing that he did. He's saying, oh, we did this thing and blah, blah, blah. And then you ask him some questions. A, you learn. But I suspect from your questions, he gets a deeper insight into what he just did. That was something that really worked. And all of a sudden it's like, huh, never thought of it that way. So it's a gift on both ends, right? So you, you get to help both people out. The second thing that I love that super turns me on is if you and I were working together and it's like, I want to put on a bar mitzvah or whatever. And you go, well, you could do this. And it's like, no, no, but we could do this. And it's just that two people coming and the ideas get better, 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 better. And that synergy that happens and the magic that gets created is pretty divine. Yeah, I agree. So what is number four? What would be the fourth piece of advice you would give realtors? Quit looking at everyone around you that's doing what you're doing. We will find our social media feeds as real estate agents suddenly full of real estate agents because we meet them in our offices. We co-op with them. The next thing we know, we're following them on the gram. And all we see is their feed. 
And we start thinking, oh, well, she's super successful or he's successful and he's doing it this way and she's doing it that way. And we start inadvertently trying to copy them. You you can take the same concept of what they're doing, but if you aren't doing it your way, you're never going to be passionate about it. You're never going to be consistent with it. And you're always going to feel inferior. And the truth yep. of the matter is you can't be that person. So be you, boo, and do it your way because your way will attract clients that want to work with you. You know, here's the truth of the matter. I live in Atlanta. We're, we're home to Chick-fil-A. Yep. There's a Chick-fil-A every, what, eight miles around here. I could pass, you know, five of them on my way to pick my kids up from school. I will go to the same Chick-fil-A every single day because I like the workers there. I like the owner operator of it. And I like it slightly better how they do their drive through than the other Chick-fil-A that's probably closer to my house. Your clients are going to be the same way. They can see a thousand agents around them. They're going to work with you because they like how you do it, how you speak, how you treat people. So quit looking around at your competition and just start doing the business. And I think the truth of it is, is that most of us are liars me included on occasion, because we're showing a version of ourselves to the world. Look at me, I'm pretty or smart or intelligent or funny, or look at me, I'm tragic and broken, a victim and I need help. But whatever that thing is, is bullshit. That's not us. And the path to becoming fabulous is a path to truth when you discover who you are. And what you described was another version of that. Don't try and be someone else, be yourself. And when you do that, there's a truth there and people can sense the truth and something that is not. And you build bonds with this truth. So the journey is, and it's a hard journey, is to become the authentic version of you. Yeah. And that is the most powerful version of you. And that's the most attractive version of you. And But, but you know work. what the problem is? What most people in general, I think, face, becoming that authentic version of themselves scares the shit out of them because they think they're boring. They think they're too average. They think nobody's going to want to hang around them because they just don't see the special in themselves. And so we struggle to become authentic because what we like is what someone else is doing. I'm writing something down, what you just said. <laughs> People don't see the special in themselves. And that's why it's good to have friends that we trust that can see the special in us, despite ourselves. No, stop, Joanne. Oh, I'm not that way. I could never do that. But we were put here to shine, baby. We were not put here to be smaller than we are. When we're smaller than we are, what we do is this. When we're smaller than we are, we cheat the people that we love around us because they're counting on us to step up and be who we're meant to be. Because what we do when we do that is we give them permission to take the same journey. Mm. And when we live a smaller life, we rob them of that. Yeah, we really do. You know, I was in the airport one time, um, I mean, years ago, back when I worked with my sorority, I, I ran Rush on a national level. And one of the consultants for the sorority happened to be on my flight and we were sitting there talking and she was like, you know what? I just can't believe I'm sitting next to Joanne Bolt. And I just looked at her and I was like, hell are you talking about? You know, she was like, you're a director level recruiter. You train us. You wrote the book for Sigma Kappa Sorority and Recruitment. She's like, and I just got to pick your brain for 20 minutes. And I thought, you know, I never saw myself as that. I just nice. saw myself as this girl who has nothing to do with her time. And so let me go teach the 18-year-olds how to do recruitment. She saw me as special. And, and that's really what opened my eyes to quit looking at yourself how you think you are and start seeing yourself how others do. I love it. And what is number five? Ooh, number five is... Start paying attention 
to the money. Yeah. I know everything else has been about attitude and thought processes, but the the truth of getting out of your own way and really becoming fabulous is understanding the money behind what you're doing. Yes. Don't be tied to the dollar sign of the commission. Be tied to what you're doing for the client. But there are so many agents out there that cannot afford an admin because they're broke. They're broke because they have no relationship with the money that's coming in. They spend it as soon as it comes in. They do not treat their business like a freaking business. And for that reason, they're never going to be fabulous at what they do because they're always having to chase the dollar sign because they're freaking broke. Pay attention to the money. I was just, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I was talking (laughs) to a client of mine and one of the things that came up was when they were earning $50,000 a year, at the end of the year, they had zero left. And when they were earning $250,000 a year, guess what they had left over? Zero. Zero. Because it was a mindset about their relationship with money. And if you get a better relationship with money, then it's not a scary thing and you get to use it like a tool. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't look at that, because, you know, oh, don't look at that. Everything will work out. I still got checks in the checkbook. It'll be fine. But look at that. And for me, being guilty is money was never on my values for the work that I do. And I purposely put it in my top five values. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of effort to put it there to say, you got to pay attention to this and you got to monitor it and you got to do better at it. And it doesn't mean you turn into a greedy golem, <laughs> but it means that you have a healthy relationship with it. And it'll change your life. And once again, you are a beacon of light for the people around you. And if you're mom or dad and you've got screwed up money issues, it's contagious. Your kids have it too. Even though they'll swear, I'll never live like this in my life. And they catch themselves doing the same thing. So if you won't do it for you, baby, do it for the people around you. And you know what I found interesting? So I've interviewed a lot of real estate agents over the years. And I mean, thousands. I have found that almost zero men in our industry will accept it if a potential client says, will you cut your commission? Because they have a whole different mindset around money. Yep. Whereas more often than not, the women get nervous they're going to lose the business. They feel guilty about the commission that's coming in over it, and they will actually cut their commission. So you have a whole different relationship with money based on almost your gender. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. But when, you, but when the women especially are not paying attention to the money, then they're never going to make the money. And then it's, it's always just this hobby that they do. Absolutely. And I think uh, we're going to do another podcast and then we're going to do a deep dive into women and we're going to re-engineer how to raise girls so they become freaking spectacular. I'm not sure what that's like, but it's going to be a fun thought experiment we're going to do together. Oh, super fun. So a couple of things before we part company today. First one, is there a question that I should have asked you that I did not? What am I doing now? What are you doing now? That okay. just came to me. It was a clairvoyant thing. It just came from the skies. I've actually walked away from ru- from running the real estate team that I've always run. And the only thing I do now is work with women, entrepreneurs, primarily in real estate, on how to become fabulous and how to get past these money issues and how to get past that limiting belief that you can't be the CEO. Because I realize I am so much more fulfilled doing that than I ever was actually selling homes and running a big team. Ah, love it. Which is why I bring it up all the time when we talk. Brilliant. And, uh, you know, I could just see in our interaction today that you freaking rock. Number two, (laughs) Joanne, what makes you happy? Ooh, so many things. A good glass of wine makes me very happy. I will admit that. 
having someone, I get very fulfilled when someone gives me affirmations of things. It's my love language. Affirmations is my love language. So if I've been working with someone and they come back to me at any point, it can be three years from when we're working together or three minutes, and they actually say, do you remember when you said this and this, and this is how it impacted me? That is what makes me so fulfilled and so happy. I can speak in front of a thousand person auditorium. And if I get one person that shoots me a DM and says, that meant something to me. This is how it changed my life. This is what I took from it. I am just over the moon. So you and I are cut from the same cloth. That's the wow in my work is that that one thing that you changed my life makes my heart smile. So oh, yeah. Joanne, what is one uh, mind hack tip that you'd like to share with our audience, viewers and listeners that would make them better, stronger, faster, happier, sexier? What would you like to share with the uh, folks? This is my mind hack. And I'm sorry if you have to bleep something out when we're done. I will start anything when I'm nervous and say to myself, God, I'm Joanne fucking Bolt. That's, and I say it over and over. I am Joanne fucking Bolt. And it's okay. And I will drop the F-bomb in my own head. And sometimes I say it out loud. But if I'm nervous about speaking in front of someone or I don't like news I have to deliver or I'm afraid someone's going to think I'm a nut job when I say something, I just have to remind myself it's okay. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And I and I do that as my mantra. And then I walk into the room and I say whatever I need to say or deliver the news I need to deliver or even send the email that needs to get sent. But that's my mind hack when I'm feeling like insecure or not you know, sure I should be doing something. I just keep telling myself, no one else is me. Oh, I'm the only one. Hey, everyone. We had a great conversation with Joanne Ethan Bolt. She is a rock star. Joanne, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a joy chatting with you. I'm waiting for our next conversation because uh, women are near and dear to my heart. And I think uh, more conversations about how we can make them awesomer makes the world a better place. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Umar. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 